You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. Hope you're enjoying all the coverage this week from Royal Ascot. Today is Thursday, June the 16th. It's hotter still, would you believe it? Relocated for today's podcast. We're Paddock side and I'm alongside Rishi Passad, who's been working with the ITV broadcast team this week that you may well have been seeing in various parts of the world and you will certainly see on Saturday if you're in the US watching the coverage on NBC and of course you'll be watching on if you're in, in the UK I'm sure all week all 35 races. Big day yesterday. It was very difficult to match Nature Strip by Eid Caribus on day one, but the story of State of Rest and the exquisite ride that he received from Shane Cross to give Joseph O'Brien a first Royal Ascot winner was certainly worthy of taking centre stage on another balmy afternoon here at the Royal Racecourse. Rishi, um, quite a ride, quite a day. The ride of the meeting so far, and someone will do very well to top that, Nick. Uh, Executed to perfection. Just looking at the race beforehand, everyone seemed to think it was Baybridge, Shariar, and quite a few people pointed out that Baybridge hadn't achieved as much as one or two others in the race, uh, particularly Shariar, but actually he hadn't achieved as much as State of Rest, who'd proved what a top-class international horse he was over a mile and a quarter as well. And I thought the ride Shane Cross gave him was one of the best I've seen here at the Royal Meeting. Uh, A beautiful ride, dictated fractions, perfectly but the most important thing to produce a ride like that you need a horse that goes on the ground that has high class ability and that has the mentality to do it the combination were out of this world yesterday they were i've been speaking to state of rest trainer joseph o'brien and i put it to him that for all the horses multiple achievements around the globe the cox plate the saratoga gold cup and his victory in the pre-gane this surely must have been uh, the finest and the one that meant the most to him. I think so, Nick. Um, he's obviously been a high-class horse for the last, um, you know, year or so. And and and, but I don't think there's a bigger stage in the world than than Royal Ascot. And he had, has a big group of owners, and a lot of them managed to come to the races yesterday. And it was a very special day for us and for the team. And um, very lucky to have a great team of people at home. And 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 a very special day for us, them, and and, and all the owners. It was clearly an excellent ride from Shane Cross. He made everybody else dance to the beat of, of his drum. Just talk me through the, the planning of this and what you were thinking in the, in the days leading up to the, to the race. Yeah, absolutely, Nick. It was a it was a marvelous ride from Shane. Um, he, he set the fractions and and, and uh, obviously got it perfectly. Um, uh, obviously, uh, it was kind of well spoke about pre race that there might not be a lot of speed, but we 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 I think we learned in the car the last day when we didn't win that maybe we we should have pushed on pushed on there. And although we didn't win, we learned that. So so we knew coming here that we got the trip very well, and we were very keen to get get to make the running if we could and when he broke as well as he did um, and Shane got to the lead you know pretty much straight away then we were very happy that that you know not that he was going to win but he was certainly going to be a hard horse to get past and and he's a horse that 
I almost felt we were damning with faint praise by sort of saying how tough he was going around the world and winning these races. Do you think now we'll wake up and take him seriously as a as a top class Group One horse anywhere he races? Yeah, well, listen. I think all the horse can do, Nick, is keep winning and uh, and uh, keep running their race, and and he, he turns up every day. There's no doubt he's a very high class horse, and there's no doubt he has a, a an incredible constitution. So I suppose you know people always look for holes holes in horses, but he is a high class horse, and uh, and uh, we're very proud to have him. And I haven't had had money better. Tell me what you'd like to do with him between now and the end of the season, because you could tick almost any box you wanted to. He's that versatile. Yeah, um, yeah. To, to be honest, Nick, this was the early season target, um, and you know to try and to try and win a couple of Euro, Euro Group Ones was, was what we were what we were trying to do, um, uh, and obviously we've managed to do that now. And really, we'll just see how the horse comes out out of this race and 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 take take the next couple of weeks as they come and take it from there. But he has. He has all the Big Ten foreign options, you know, uh, in Europe and abroad between here and the end of the season. So he has a lot of options. Um, is going back for another Cox Plate a possibility? Yeah, it, it is absolutely a possibility. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, all those races are, are on his way there, and we'll we'll keep him entered up, and it can be discussed with the owners, and we'll take it race by race. But you think ten? You think ten furlongs, and that's where you'll stick. I think so. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I would say that that we would be more. We, we, I don't think we'd be certainly going past ten furlongs. I'd imagine. Um, and uh, yeah, he's got plenty of pace. But but I think ten is a good trip for him. And just a just a word on Shane Cross. One of my colleagues working with me on TVG yesterday asked me, you know, why do you think Joseph sticks with the the, the riders that he's he's found and and he's he's quite loyal to the jockeys even when they come to the big stage and you know they they perhaps don't have the profile of some of the the bigger names and i i wondered whether it was because of your own experience as a as a rider and you had that empathy and you understood that it was important to stick by people is that a fair assessment Oh, I, think, I think Nick it's more that you know they're top riders and 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 uh, I'm very lucky we have we have four high class riders and I have you know a few apprentices as well but there's Dylan and Declan and Mikey and Shane and, and you know I'd be very happy using any of the four guys in, in any race and and, uh, and Shane knows the horse well he doesn't get clustered on, on the big stage and, and I didn't think there was anyone better to do the job so 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 we're, we're very happy to to, to use our guys and they work hard and ride all the work and ride the horses out every day and and uh, and uh, they're top riders so so yeah we, we use the guys because we think that they're the people who are best set to do the job a nice moment yesterday when your your father was interviewed on the tv and he said that you'd d- divulged your plan to him and he said he wasn't sure but he he he, he bit his lip could you could you tell that he wasn't sure um, well, well, yeah, I suppose, um, um, you know, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think he probably would have suggested maybe we get a lead, but, but we, we, we knew that the last day we, we probably should have made a bit more use of them, and we, le- we learned that there. So we were keen to, we were keen to kind of put into effect what we had learned in the car, and you know, Shane, like I say, Shane executed the, the ride, um, uh, couldn't, couldn't have done it better, really. You got an interesting runner today as well at Ascot, uh, Amortensia in the in the Britannia. I was reading what you you said about the horse after the the win at at Nace, and and it sounds as though Royal Ascot's been in the in the cooking for a little while. 
Um, yeah, we, we think he has, has a live chance, Nick. He loved the quick ground. Um, he's trained well since Nice, and obviously the Britannia is uh, really it's it's, 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 it's hardly many hotter handicaps in the world to win. But but he's in really good Nick, and uh, we hope hoping he can run run a good race. Joseph O'Brien there with high hopes of another victory at Ascot today and reflecting on the success of State of Rest yesterday. Interesting to hear what he was saying about the loyalty to his, his riders. It was you, Rishi, that, that conducted the interview I was referring to there with Joseph, where Aidan said he wasn't quite sure about the tactics, but he'd, he'd bitten his lip. Yeah, there was just a moment in that interview, Nick, and as you have interviewed Aidan numerous times, as I have over the years, the guard is always generally up. There's a lot of deflection to the lads, and very rarely would you see Aidan talk um, with a little bit of passion and a little bit of uh, perhaps cheekiness um, about his close ones but yesterday when he was talking about Joseph and I asked him about the pride that he would have as a father watching his son train a royal winner uh, he he just let the guard down very briefly by revealing that he tried to uh, influence the tactics uh, and he said in the end best just stay quiet so uh, you just saw the little smile on his face the smile of of a proud father something that you know obviously you and I will both know about but above all else it was a, a human side of Aidan O'Brien I mean, let's get down to brass tacks here if we are quite rightly lauding Shane Cross for his excellent ride should we not also be questioning what the other riders in the race were doing allowing him such an easy lead I mean it was really tepid that pace in the mid part of the race that can't have suited Chariot can't have suited Baybridge it can't have suited Grand Glory well as for Lord North probably less said about that the better yeah lord north the entire episode is one that you just want to write off an awful situation at the start with frankie not being able to remove the blindfold in time and how it was positioned um i thought sharia i thought christian demuro might have gone a little bit harder or at least forced state of rest to go a little bit harder i mean baybridge kind of assumed the tactics that Ryan Moore uh, executed yesterday were exactly as you would have predicted. Well, he had him sitting a little closer, didn't he? Alive to the danger, but but close enough given that they were doing 13 and a half second furlongs in the mid part of the race? I thought, I thought Bay Bridge was close enough. Mm. I thought Sharia might have been ridden a little bit more aggressively considering his form in... Uh, Japan and in Dubai, the fact that he's got such good form over a mile and a half, I thought he might have just pressed State of Rest a little bit more to draw the stamina out of these mile and a quarter horses. So yeah, throwing the foreign base jockey under the bus. That's isn't that what we're supposed to <laughs> yeah, do? Absolutely. Yes. Sorry, I thought that's what. Oh, is that not the script that you <laughs> sent to me last night? I'm teasing you, obviously. <laughs> Baybridge, I thought it was going to pick State of Rest exactly. up. Exactly. That's why I felt. So therefore. I'm t- I always talk about damning state of rest with feigned praise. It, by going on and on and on about Shane Cross's great ride, are we doing that again? Do we just start needing to take this horse very seriously as a, as a bona fide Group 1 horse? 100% the horse is a bona fide Group 1 horse. I mean, his record... He's is, now won the whole clutch of them. Well, he's won here. He's won, obviously, in, in France, in uh, America, Australia. He's a, he is clearly a top-class horse. Um, but the, the, the thing is, is that we thought Baybridge is a top-class horse. And yesterday, I think he proved it. Um, obviously, connections are now talking about Baybridge going up to a mile and a half to suggest that maybe he's got a bit more stamina to give. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, if if it was a, a bigger field, a stronger run race, uh, mile and a quarter, Baybridge might have weapons in a mile and a quarter. Right. Let's go back to this this stalls incident with Frankie Dottori because my, my read of it initially was that he hadn't realised that he had to take the hood off and, until too late because I couldn't see the angle that you saw. Then I spoke to one or two other people connected with the horse and they seemed to think that Frankie had a, a degree of culpability. When I saw the angle again in the evening, 
it seemed as though the, the, the hood was caught and he had been trying to tug it yeah. before the, the stalls opened. It was rather hard to determine exactly what happened it there. It felt like it was, the, or watching it, the impression is it's more of the latter, mm. that the hood was caught in a difficult position for Frankie to get, get it off. Mm. And in the end, uh, the gates opened and... I mean, do, we, do we just put that Frankie, down as one of those things? Or? Well, I, I think you have to. I mean, unless you, you expected Frankie to to have checked whether the hood would come off beforehand. I mean, logically, you can't expect him to check that the hood would just come off beforehand. You, you wouldn't think that he would need to, to go through the whole potential ramifications if the hood is caught. I, it wouldn't, I can't imagine a rider sitting there thinking, oh, the hood might be caught. Let me just check that it's free. But today, the sun is shining again here at his beloved Ascot, and he hasn't ridden a winner yet so far at the Royal Meeting. Now, we're only two days down. We saw what happened a couple of years ago. He landed up leading rider, <laughs> yeah. having not had much to chat about the last couple of days. But today, he'll be feeling it, and he'll be feeling it because Stradivarius is a horse that cuts that little bit deeper. It will be. Stradivarius clearly means a lot to Frankie, to the, the Gosden team, to the owners, and to the sport. He's done a lot for the sport. This will be his final uh, attempt at winning the, a fourth Ascot Gold Cup. Um, I, I'm not entirely certain that he's going to win today. Um, but I, 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 now, have you got him right through his career, or every time you think he's going to lose, does he come and bite got, you on I, the bum? I got him right once or twice. I remember. I mean, I hate to mention this, but I think you took him on with the O'Brien Irish Derby winner. Yep, Santiago, I did. Yeah, Goodwood. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I've, I've tried to get him beaten tons of yeah, times. Yeah, no, and, and so have I. Don't get me wrong. Um, I've tried to get him beat, but I, I feel like he is very vulnerable, as it, it appears to be. I mean, if you look through his record, there has been. A dip, still competing at a very high level. Don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, he's still a high-class horse. His comeback run was superb. Um, but there's an up-and-comer. OK, and the up-and-comer is Kiprios. Uh, and it's not as though the market's forgotten him. No. And he's been wildly impressive in two starts this season, particularly in the, in the Savile Beg. Yes. How much more do you think he's got to do above and beyond those two performances to actually win the race today? Well, I think he's got a lot more to come. That's the, that's the feeling, that's the impression I get watching Kiprios going through his paces this season. I know he's won very impressive, you said, particularly in the Savile Beg, he was impressive. But the, the, the entire MO of Aidan O'Brien when campaigning a Gold Cup horse, a horse that he believes is a Gold Cup horse, is to step up from the prep race to the Gold Cup. I mean, if you listen, and again, I, I defer to people with far more knowledge of Aidan O'Brien's preparation than me, but the likes of Johnny Murta and Kieran Fallon, who rode Yates, etc., um, they have said that the Savile Beg is always a stepping stone for the Gold Cup. In that context, then I, I'm looking forward to something pretty exciting from Kiprios today. There have been so many wonderful stories already in just two days of Royal Ascot, but no doubt another one went astray by just a nose um if Zechariah had won yesterday in the queen's vase he would have given freddie and martin mead a first ever winner as joint licensees the father and son team uh, and uh, they were they were pretty philosophical about it afterwards freddie is with me now that must have been heartbreak for for you and and your dad freddie but in the same breath you must have been proud of the way the horse was run just just talk me through the the aftermath of the race uh, I think, I think, yeah, a mixture of emotions, really. I think, yeah, like you said, proud of the horse and uh, you know the effort of everybody at home to get him there. And um, yeah, yeah, and then just sort of disappointment to miss out by the smallest of margins. And going into the race, did did you feel confident that he could run above his price? 
Yeah, I think he, he um, you know, obviously there were a couple of disappointing runs coming into it, but there were excuses for those, I think. Um, you know, he ran in the Craven, which was a, a great race, and it looked like he needed a bit further in that. And, um, you know, the, the, the horses in front of him have done no, no damage to the form. Um, and then he just didn't really handle Lingfield in the Derby trial. Um, so there were excuses. So we were quite positive that he'd run a big race. And, but you went right up to him and, and three quarters yesterday, uh, and he he seemed to to see it out really well. Has that made you think of him slightly differently? Um, not really. I think think that he always look, looking back at the races and looking the way he ran, he was always a horse that looked like stamina was going to be a strong suit. I mean, he in his final two year old start, he he won the Haynes Hanson Clark beating Westover and. Um, yeah, he did it a great way that day, and I think, yeah, he's always stammered has always been his strong suit. Um, the way he quickened away yesterday, he's not a he's not a slow horse. I mean, you've still got him on in the Irish Derby, I and mean, that comes up very quickly. Is that is that too quick? I, I think possibly. That's when they always say when you come second, you have the hardest race, and um, I think probably I think that would be a step too far to ask him to do that. Uh, yeah, in that short period of time. Uh, you know, is there a possibility that he could be a St. Ledger horse? I think there's yeah, I think there's a possibility. Yeah, he um, you know he didn't do anything wrong yesterday, and he still still physically needs to um, you know mature. And uh, I think it, you know by that time in the season he should be um, you know a bit stronger, and you know which he should be able to um, you know hopefully go to those heights. Now you've got chances today of getting your first Royal Ascot winner as a, a, a training duo, uh, Barley in the Britannia and, and Cresta in the in the Hampton Court. What sort of confidence can you fill me with? Uh, firstly, I think Barley. He, um, you know, he's been winning despite conditions to suit. Really, he uh, the couple of races he's won have been slowly run, and he, he he's managed to overcome that. And I think a fast run mile um, will really suit him. Um, obviously, he needs a lot of luck, and uh, it's a big field, and there's it's a it's a big race. But um, you know, hopefully, with conditions to suit, he should run a good race. And Crester, I know, has it to find with the Queen's Horse Reach for the Moon. In the in the Hampton Court, how hopeful are you that he can take a, a step forward? Uh, I think he, I think he will. His, his, his forms, he's been knocking on the door, and I think you know hopefully he's a you know horse waiting to win a group race. He's um, he's um, been running. He ran at Chester, and I just think sort of Tom had to sort of half lift him round all the bends there, and that just paid to him being a bit keen as he as he went round, and um, yeah, hopefully a bit more of a galloping conventional track. Should um, should suit a bit better. Now he changed hands for nearly half a million pounds at Goffs on on Monday night. So who's his who's his new owner? Uh, bought by um, uh, the Qatari family, um, the Alas Tires. Um, so he'll be running in their name. And uh, yeah, no, really pleased to um, for them to have purchased him. Maybe we can uh, repay them with a nice run today. I hope so. And I, I thought Jamie Spencer might suit him ideally. Yeah, yeah, we thought that Jamie would just be. Uh, get him settled and get him into a nice rhythm and then see what he can do in the second half of the race. And I think it, you know, it's very important what he does in the, in the first you know, half of the race, which will pay at the end. So hopefully we can get it the right way around. Freddie, thanks for talking to me today. Brilliant. Thanks, Nick. Freddie Mead there. Good luck to the Meads with their runners this afternoon. That was a, a heartbreaking defeat for them with Zechariah, wasn't it? A, a wonderful race, though. A, Great absolutely race. heartbreaking for connections of the runner-up. Um, quite exciting about the winner, though, um, the way he hit the line. Three out of three. Uh, the ledger on the cards. Yeah, I think the, re- the rematch in the ledger looks on, doesn't it? Yeah, um, and obviously throw in a few others. But he looks a very exciting horse, and he might, not, he might be better than just a, 
I said better. He might be also capable of very high-class form over shorter, mm. I think. Uh, Westover, it's not a gimme for the ledger just yet. There's plenty of water to flow under the bridge between now and that second Saturday in September at Doncaster. The Queen has her best chance of the week of a winner today. There is no doubt about that reach for the moon. The opposition has, has rather peeled away and he's a very short price. There'll be bitter disappointment if he doesn't get the job done. Are there any reasons to be concerned? Um, just looking through the opposition, I'm not so concerned. I think he's got the, he's got the class to see them all off. Um, actually, the comeback run has been boosted, obviously, by the run of uh, my Prospero. Uh, I, especially given the fact that John Gosden and Thady Gosden and the team have always maintained that it's important to, to view Reach for the Moon in the context of a middle-distance monocorder or so. Uh, in that sense, he ran a great race at Sandown. Um, therefore, it's a straightforward task on paper. It is a straightforward task on paper. My reservation about diving in at very short odds, and bear in mind I have not been able to tip my way out of a paper bag this week. Ditto. Um, my Baid, though, I got Baid. Uh, we <laughs> we got Baid. Thank you. Uh, the other tipsters on this podcast have been flying, by the way. Yatesy again with a winner yesterday. He's been in sparkling form this week with, with Saffron Beach, and he had a stuck win as the first day. Lee, the day before with Nature's Trip, tipped up two weeks ago at sixes and sevens. So thanks to them, we've got to try and pick the pace up a little bit. My, my tiny reservation with Reach for the Moon is obviously he had an injury last year. And that always plays on your mind. The horse had a problem, being kept off the track for a long time. I didn't like the run in the Champagne when it stakes when he was got when he was beaten. And I, I just think some of the two-year-old forms just had the gloss taken off it this season. Mm-hmm. It has, and the injury thing does worry me. But what I was looking for in the comeback run was a horse who was willing to do what the mm. rider wanted. And he ran a super race, uh, exactly, and that put that particular fear behind me. And the fact that he was able to run such a good race. Uh, against my Prospero, who is a very, very high-class miler, clearly. I mean, he was only narrowly uh, beaten by Caribus. So I, I think it's good enough. I think his form, his run this season, irrespective of what he did as two, his, his run this season is enough to, to make him as short a price as he is for today. And obviously you're tuned in to, to the vibes from, from the Palace uh, and what's, ha- what's happening, yes. uh, given, your, given your role. Uh, you're sporting a, a rather lovely... Um, purple waistcoat deep purple waistcoat in honour in honour of Reach for the Moon's success for Her Majesty the Queen today uh, you, you just set that off with a nice red tie and a, a gold tie pin not be quite my style to be fair I need to save a little bit of respectability in my outfit a little bit of respect <laughs> just a little bit but not much self respect <laughs> I lost that a long time ago lucky all right, let's get our daily World Pool update from Jamie Hart. Jamie, you predicted the overbroke Prince of Wales estates yesterday. You were spot on. Well, it's an unbelievable, the most overbroke uh, race we've ever had. I think 89% of the people that don't really understand much about you know percentages and, and betting, all you really need to remember is that in an 89% book, theoretically, if you place your bets right, you, you spend £89 covering the field and you're guaranteed to get £100 back. Those kind of margins are normally against you, and this time they're with you. So it paid nine pound fifty-two. Uh, the winner in the Prince of Wales versus five to one. So you know a, a real massive overpaid. Clearly, the Aussie money. I know it's an Irish horse, but I thought the Aussies would be behind being a Cox Plate winner. But um, the Jeff, the Jeff, when a Japanese runner has a chance in a big race, like those people that. You know, and I was one of them that went to Art de Triomphe when Deep Impact won. Or Deep Impact ran and didn't win. 
but it, they absolutely destroy a tote and push value out to, on everything else. And of course, because of the guarantees, you're never going to get paid under on Sharia. So uh, you end up with an 89% book. It's fantastic. Another one in the race after is 98%. It'll be interesting whether we get one again today. What's the likeliest candidate, do you think? I don't know. Sometimes it is it's the, the small, the smaller races do it more often. But it's really where you get a big international runner. I, th- I think today it was, we have less of the kind of inter- international runners. I think we might have to wait till we get the the Americans back in for the sprints later on. Um, without the Japanese runners, we, we'll be struggling. But they'll, I mean, we haven't gone above 110 all week, so we're always in the in the low hundreds. So it, it, the the value will still be there. I think Kiprios versus Stradivarius is the race that everybody's wanting to look look at but I don't know which side of the fence um, Asia will go all right thanks to Jamie thanks to all my guests today Rishi is still with me he's going to give you a tip in a moment but Rish I I, I really hope that that Irad Ortiz walks away from Ascot with a bit of success I do feel for him it's been a, a pretty humbling week for him after his great success in the Belmont Stakes I mean he didn't really have anyone else to blame but himself for, for yesterday's five-day ban those are the rules and he had no one to blame Oh, not too many people to blame for the incident with Golden Powell. Well, it, in fairness to him, he was the one that held his hands up and yeah, said, exactly, I was asleep. Exactly. He, he himself said, I wasn't quite ready. I was looking around. So, yes. But ultimately, regardless of a couple of incidents this week, he remains a world-class rider. He is a top-class rider, despite the two little errors that have happened mm. this week. I'm sure it will be, be, be hurting him. I'm sure it will be brutalizing his mind because I can imagine you know you and I know when we make mistakes how we we blow it up and it's always bigger than probably is I mean he's not having just a few people slagging him off on social media he's also got everyone uh, picking him out out on television and you know it's very difficult for him but he remains a top class rider and that won't change his confidence might be uh, knocked a little bit here and there and I'm sure I'm sure he'll be able to perform as he always does professionally as the, as the week progresses but it, it doesn't take I mean we joked about this earlier when we talked about Christian Jumeirah it, it does not take an international jockey uh, to make more than a semblance of an error for everyone to to, to pounce on them absolutely and just like Christian Numero, yeah, they're top class riders they're not you wouldn't be here as an international rider if you didn't have high class world class ability so that's the first thing to always remember but none of us are infallible we all uh, are liable to make mistakes um, you know me more than many others I'm definitely not leaving that in please do by contrast of course James McDonald has had a, a wonderful time nature strip and then the, the win for Charlie Hills on a dark shift yesterday and he's got more chances of, of glory for the rest of the week superb it, he really is a top class rider obviously on uh, nature strip I think I could possibly have, have ridden that you could have ridden it uh, he is different gear that horse but it was wonderful to see him produce that win yesterday for Charles Hills Charlie Hills who obviously they have a great relationship from back in the day mm. uh, <laughs> joking afterwards with um, Charlie Hills about trying to keep James McDonald. Our well, prize money is not exactly going to want to keep any rider who can earn what he does in Australia here. And have you got a tip for me for today? William Haggis, Tom Marquand, they could have a good day. And I'm going with Montesib in the last. Obviously, he had his problems uh, in seasons gone by, but he's two from two this season. And although he got put up for winning uh, nicely last time, I think he's still got a bit in hand. Unlike Johnny Bester, you're playing a nice straight bat. Well, I need something to get me off the mark because at the moment I've played and missed many a time. I'm having an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I, know. I know. In fact, I might have been dropped in the slips a couple of times. 
I'm hoping that Mukadama for Roger Varian can win the Ribblesdale this afternoon. Good luck. Thank you very much. I think I might need it. Thank you very much for listening. That was Thursday the 16th of June. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.